who, in your mind, who's the starting other guard? First of all, did you say Obre Jr.? Come on, bro. It's Obre Jr. Man, get it together. First of all, you got to get the names right. Okay. You get your names right say. for all these stats well, you do? first you of all, right? you know, Anthony wants the big, everyone's got the big three. Anthony wants, like, the big ten. <laughs> five. Five would do. Just give me a starting five. What do you, what do you think, like, Okay, you know? okay. All right, stop the shenanigans. <laughs> all of a sudden. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Matter of Stats podcast. Myself, Anthony, the fellas, Kobe and Billy, with you. Gentlemen, what's happening? What's going on? Ready to rock and roll? Not messing around tonight. Let's get it cracking. All right. We're always ready. But before we get started, let's wait, remind wait, our... On. Billy, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm here. Just God, Where are your manners at, man? Jeez. Yeah, I'm here, dude. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> well, I heard him breathing, so I figured he was alive. <laughs> You didn't hear me breathing, but all right. I did. Okay, fine. Next week, we'll take Mouseketeer roll call. My bad. <laughs> Billy, are you present? <laughs> uh, all right, let's go, man. Keep it moving. You're not ready, dude. <laughs> all right. Before we get started, let's remind our fine listeners that uh, they can check out the Matter of Stats podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify. Check out our IG Follow us on Twitter and check out our YouTube page. I like the energy tonight. This is going to be fun. All right. Well, let's keep that energy flowing with our headlines. We've got a bunch of them this week. All right. Come on down. All right. Billy, here we go. The Red Sox and Rafael Devers agreed to an 11-year, $331 million extension. After leading the NBA in all-star vote returns – for the first uh, week here, LeBron James was also named the Western Conference Player of the Week. And for that, he decided to take a night off. Georgia won its second consecutive college football national championship, defeating TCU a million to seven. Yeah, that was... <laughs> uh, some NFL news. Uh, so the NFL decided that they are not going to resume the Bengals-Bills game from last week and instead will go ahead and cancel that game, uh, which we'll get a little bit into that in just a second. Uh, in some other baseball news, the f- craziest, wackiest story so far in the offseason, Carlos Correa going back to the Minnesota Twins, apparently to sign a six-year, $200 million deal, which is actually less than what they reportedly originally offered him before he started shopping around and ended up essentially getting and, and then not getting two other deals from two other teams. I would, I would love to know what this thing in his physical is. Cause it's, it has to do with his ankle and his back. Apparently. I don't, I don't, I don't know a lot of baseball, but that's like the shortest deal I've ever heard of in my life for the MLB six years. <laughs> well, in this <laughs> off season, it is. Yeah, I know Uh, some other NFL news. So as part of the decision to cancel that uh, week uh, 17 game, the NFL has also approved a neutral site plan for the AFC championship game. So this will depend on who's in the game, um, but it's possible that it might be played at a neutral site. I'd be curious to know where that neutral site is. Uh, Yeah. They haven't decided yet. Um, but my, but obviously it's going to be somewhere either warm weather or in a dome. Yeah. Um, 
Kobe, your boy, Patrick Mahomes, he set the new single season passing yard record last nice. weekend. Nice. Pa- passing Drew Brees' previous record. There goes that overpriced card of yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as it always happens, the day after the season ends, coaches get fired. The Texans fired Lovey Smith after just one season. And Cliff Kingsbury is out as the Cardinals head coach. And that's our headlines, gentlemen. Well, Lovey, Lovey knew he was gone, so he's just like, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm a screw up this pick." And <laughs> do, do you do you think that? I mean, I think he was going to get fired either way, but they were kind of joking about on the radio that, you know, it maybe if he loses that game instead of wins that game, he doesn't get fired because that cost him the number one pick. Yeah, I I think they just they're going to fire him. I I think it's unfair because honestly, the Texans. Didn't have anybody. I mean, well, they're a met. they're a poorly run organization. It's just a horrible situation, and he got put in a bad spot, and it's just unfair to him. But hey, so he just said, you know, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it like this and go for the win, and that's what he did. So yeah, he and certainly Cliff went is out. gonna go and uh, party. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I've been uh, I've been plugging in my. Lonzo and Lamelo ball boats, uh, you know, every day for the All Star game. How about you guys? What's that well, as... with anything that we just said? <laughs> well, I was just oh, reacting to the headlines. There was only one NBA headline yet again, Anthony. So there's no All Star headlines in here. Yeah, it was. But yeah, I, we talked about the. Hey, as long as you're no, voting for LeBron and AD, you know, whatever. No, no, Lonzo and Lamelo. I just said Lonzo and Lamelo every day. I, okay, I yeah, but as long as you're voting for LeBron and AD, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I did that already for, for for you on the on the triple day. That's that's it. The triple the votes. Once you vote one time for them. Yeah, that's yeah, it. I, man. That's yeah, I haven't voted once. Why do I need to vote for LeBron? LeBron's going to get captain like he always does, and so. Well, and Anthony, I told you like, how come you didn't tell us like when we vote we can actually win a trip to the All Star game? Why don't you tell us that? I've been voting okay, from well, the first jump. of all. They 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 give that contest away every year, oh. and that shouldn't be your motivation <laughs> for voting, Kobe. Yeah, that that's that's true, the actually. whole point. But I haven't even voted yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well. Anyway, go ball, brothers. Jeez, uh, oh, here we go. Okay, uh, let's get started. Of course, with our Laker recap for the past week. So the Lakers they currently sit at nineteen and twenty-two. Uh, we won five of our last six. Obviously, we had the five-game winning streak prior to the loss at Denver, where you know we basically sat everybody. Um, currently they're 12th in the Western conference, but just two losses back of the sixth seed. That's crazy. I know. Well, cause the West is nuts right now. There's just no really, really great teams that are running away with it. Yeah. Um, we're about to begin a five game homestand. So that's nice. And in fact, seven of the next eight games are at home. So they'll be at home basically till the end of the month. Uh, obviously the Lakers have been playing better over the last few weeks, even despite, um, the injuries, they rank seventh in points per game, mm-hmm. sixth in field goal percentage, seventh in free throw percentage. However, we're still 29th in three point field goals and 27th in points per game allowed. Now, clearly uh, some of those defensive numbers have to do with Anthony Davis being out. Yep. Um, cause that changes things in the middle. Uh, Thomas Bryant and Schroeder have been fantastic over the last two weeks. 
I think we were a top. I think, I think not to cut you off. I'm sorry, but I think we were a yeah. top ten defense when AD was in. Um, I, on, on his yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, but what I was going to say is Bryant and Schroeder have been playing great, but Bryant offensively, man, he's got the heart of a lion. But yeah. defensively, he's not that sound. I mean, he competes, but he's not AD. Is is the point I'm trying to make? Yeah. So, but well, there's there's AD some can arguably guard one through five, you know, at times. Oh uh, yeah. And TB, you know, he's, he's, he's athletic and he, he can guard a few positions, but uh, maybe not that versatile, you know? Well, yeah. in the last, in the last 10 games, Thomas Bryant, 67% in field goal percentage. Yeah. No, offensively, he's been great. 17 and, points a game in only 29 minutes. But like you said, he's not getting blocks. Yeah. He's not getting deals or anything, but and, and he's rebounding not... like a madman though. He's getting, he's, you know, He's averaging like 11 boards in the last – he's had a couple games with like 17, so. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely not for a lack of effort. I mean, his he's he's working hard out there, and I think Laker fans appreciate that oh, independent yeah. of just the stats too. But, yeah, but like Kobe said, he's just defensively – he doesn't block the shots. He doesn't and have the footwork. He Anthony, can't – yeah. One of Anthony's favorite stats, he's 40% from the three-point line. <laughs> what is he, like three for five? <laughs> I mean, it's 40%. That's hey, good. but we got some good news yesterday, right, that AD might return at some point during this homestand. Yes. So that will certainly be uh, a welcomed uh, surprise to get him back, I think, maybe a little sooner than people might have actually anticipated because I think every time – somebody says two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. It's like, it's like construction, right? When, when the contractor tells you it's going to take a month, it's really seven weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of how people feel when AD gets hurt. They say four weeks, but it's really eight. Yeah. Yeah. For, for real. So, but uh, yeah. What have you guys seen uh, just, you know, over the last, uh, you know, week of some of these games, uh, good performances, even the Denver game. I thought, I thought that was kind of a game that, Maybe like a month ago, we'd have got blown out of the door, right? But to lose by 13 with that lineup, okay, right? Yeah. I almost I almost texted that to you yesterday, too, in the group. Like, I don't know. Like, for as, as being the number one three-point percentage shooting team in Denver, and we're only losing by like eight, nine, ten points at certain points, and, you know, we only lost by whatever, 12, 13 points or whatever it was. Yeah. It's like – how, how did we not lose by more, you know, but, uh, you know, Anthony, like you said, the volume sometimes for certain teams, like, you know, they, they, they'll take a bunch of shots, but Denver only shot like 35% from three yesterday, you know? Yeah. Uh, it felt like more, it felt like they were raining them on us, but, um, you know, cause it was in spurts. They'd make like yeah. three or four in yeah. a row and then, and then they wouldn't make any for like three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to somebody at work about this. It's like, man, we lost to Denver. I'm like, I kind of expected it, but at the same time, it should have been way more of a blowout. So, to lose by only, you know, what we lost by, I thought we were going to lose by 30. I mean, it, it. the guys are out there. They got that next man mentality. They're out there fighting for minutes and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, that's something where, you know, I was I was on my way home from work and they're on the radio. Uh, Michael Thompson's like, hey, you got these guys out there that they're, they're, they're playing for minutes. You know, they're out there trying to prove themselves and stuff like that. So. You know, and he even said, I'm sure the Denver coach, Mike Malone, is out there saying like, hey, you know, don't don't take these guys lightly. They're out there trying to prove themselves and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it, it could have been worse than what it was. So I'm, I'm proud of our guys. Um, they got that mentality like, hey, you know, we're going to go out there and play hard. 
don't underestimate us. And, you know, I like what they did last night. You know, we, we took the L, but like you said, it's, it's kind of promising in a way, but. Um, do, do, do you guys think you got to give some credit to ham, right? Just over the last couple of weeks with all the injuries, the team, like you said, I spirited playing hard, win or lose they're you know, they're competitive. We're six and four in our last 10 games, you know, with LeBron sitting a couple of them, AD injured and Lonnie Walker out, uh, Reeves out. We, we got a lot of, you know, key rotational players out and we're six and four in our last 10. That's not bad. I mean, we're, we're kind of staying above water a little bit. We're like you said earlier, we're only a couple games out of the, what the six seed you said. Yeah. Two uh, losses. So, Hey, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, Ham's doing a good job of, of keeping these guys motivated and keeping them ready. Um, so I, I don't fault Ham for anything. I mean, he's doing a great job for what he's been given. I think my I think my favorite game of the last week was uh, going into Miami without LeBron, you know, and uh, or or playing Miami. I'm sorry, playing Miami at home um, without LeBron. And, uh, you know, getting that win, everyone was going off, you know, Dennis Schroeder and uh, Russ were having fun out there and um, you know, that was a, that was a fun win. You know, it was like, like, uh, that James worthy, uh, uh, IG post we put up where it's like LeBron and AD aren't out there. That's like the teacher not being in class, you know, you're going to have some fun. And, uh, they had some fun and, um, you know, it kind of goes back to what Billy and I have been saying, like when LeBron is not out there, these guys play a little bit more free. They have a little bit more fun. Um, they're sharing the ball. They're, um, you know, getting back on D. They're blocking shots. Thomas Bryant coming through with the energy, like you said earlier, Anthony. I mean, it's just a, a whole different aura and a culture. And you said something earlier that was interesting, Anthony, effort. We have not talked about effort, I don't think, one time this season. And what, what did we talk about all last season? Effort. Effort, effort, effort. Mainly because we had a little bit older of a roster and guys that probably weren't committed to playing defense. But that's something that we have not – had to worry about once this season. So I've loved that, um, in, especially in stretches. I think last night was kind of a one-off because, you know, in games where LeBron and AD are both out, um, you know, that's kind of why we brought Russ here was to take mm -hmm. over the offense when those guys were out because he's a durable, you know, player. He's going to play. He's going to give it his all. He's going to, you know, uh, run the team. And, and um, you know, last night just didn't seem like it was cooking for anybody, Schroeder, nobody, you know. So, mm -hmm. again, the fact that we only lost by, um, you know, a handful of points to, a, you know, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, um, you know, that's, that's pretty surprising, honestly. So, earlier in the week, uh, there were some – there was a interview that uh, LeBron did with uh, Sam Amick, and, you know, there was some quotes taken out of it that you know Sam had put out there and LeBron had kind of rebuttaled it and said that, you know, that's not what he said exactly, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, we won't really well, we don't need not, to get that's it. how he felt exactly. I wouldn't say that's not. It, yeah. It's, not yeah. Maybe it was taken out of context or, or whatever, but that's whatever. That's neither here nor there. But what I wanted to ask you guys about those comments were, does, does that put pressure on the front office? LeBron's comments or is it something just completely let's disregard it because they were totally taken out of context. I mean, my, my whole thing is like, why, why is LeBron doing these interviews right now? Like all of a sudden we got like back-to-back -back interviews, like, you know, within less, less than a week apart. 
Yeah, the timing is interesting. Yeah, first, first the one with Dave McMenamin, and now this one, like a week later, with Sam Amick of the Athletic. Like, why? What's 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 the reasoning behind them? Why now? You know, the to me, tra- to, trade deadline is a to, month away. I know, right? To me, it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of like all he really has to work with now. You know, in his arsenal, now that he signed the extension and doesn't really have leverage with the organization like that. You know. Like, I'm going to leave, you know? Nah, he's not leaving. He's sticking around for a couple of years. But now it's like, well, let me go put out a couple TV interviews, you know? To hear him rebuttal it on Twitter um, the way that he did, uh, you know, positive vibes. He's like, hey, I didn't really, you know, making it sound like I feel a certain way, but I really don't. I wonder if, like, he got a text, like, within that six-hour time frame from, like, someone from the front office. Like, yo, LeBron, what are you, what are you talking about here? You know? Well, you're right. All the timing on it is interesting because as soon as – some of those quotes from Sam Amick started hitting the internet and social media immediately. Everybody, you know, every NBA person was like, you know, Oh, look at LeBron. LeBron's putting pressure on the front office to make a trade. He's, he's putting his, he's, he's putting pressure on them. They got to do something. Ju- they it's just do something. like, it's just like what they're doing with the windy quote tonight. They're doing the same thing with the windy quote tonight. Yeah. And obviously there's a certain amount of media narrative to that because, you know, like you always say, right, you, you want to generate attention and get clicks. And so I understand that part of it, but. But you said, you said, Sam, Sam Amick of uh, the athletic, he's a respected guy. So is he a, is he a, is he a clickbait guy? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it just a misinterpretation or is there something more to it? Yeah, it's always hard to determine things when they're text messages or, you know, when you see them online, see them on a, on a Twitter post, you know, it's you don't get the same emotion. You don't get the same like, you know, uh, well, when, sure. you, when you accentuate a certain word, you know, so there's there's all kinds of misconceptions that can happen there. I, I think it is a message. I mean, whether he rebuttals it or not, uh, he can rebuttal it and hide it because that's what he does. He he pulls stuff, he deletes stuff. and He's cryptic. He's cryptic. Mm. So, yeah, he's a little passive aggressive too. He is. He's been like years, and I, I, if it is, if it's a message to the front office, so be it. Good. We we've been arguing this for a while. Like, why why are we keeping these picks? Why you know why aren't we making our, our roster better? So I don't have a problem with it. Um, I don't think he should be public with it. But if they're not going to listen to him in private or listen to anyone else, then yeah, put it up there. Screw it. Okay. Well, that's, I'm glad you said that, Billy, because that brings me to the second part of this is the rumors that had circulated a week or so ago about how the Laker front office has been instructed to not trade any draft picks. One, do you think that's true? And two, if it is, really? Like, isn't that, isn't that a little scary to hear? I, I'd like to know who's giving that instruction. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we've never, we've never. So, so I, I, have the, I have the quote, I have the report and where it came from. You guys want to hear it? Sure. Go ahead. Okay, cool. It came from the crossover podcast with Anthony's boy, Chris Mannix. I know how much you love He'll be so happy to report this. Uh, Mannix. <laughs> Chris Mannix. Chris, the crossover podcast with Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. <laughs> Howard Beck reporting, quote, I've heard rumblings and they're only rumblings. So I don't want people to go too far with this or go crazy with the aggregation, Anthony. Hold uh, on. 
No, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Don't look at me because (laughs) what happened? Everybody (laughs) went crazy with it. Well, well, I know. And Uh, and you on this pod represent all those. Well, we have to talk about it because. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let let me go back. I'll read it again. I didn't mean to cut you off, but when people do that, like, I don't mean to, and I don't mean to, and they continue on with the, I don't mean to, it means they mean to. So go ahead. Okay, cool. So I'll reread it. Quote, I've heard rumblings and they're only rumblings. So I don't want people to go too far with this or go crazy with the aggregation. But a couple people around the league have told me in recent weeks that they believe that the front office has essentially been told not to trade the picks, that they are guarding those. So what he's reporting is basically that a couple people believe this. So, Anthony, you're asking us, do we believe this is true? I mean, uh, what are we talking about here? A few people around the league? No, I get it. The whole thing is is bizarre to me. With that information given, I'm going to say no. I don't believe it. But, you know, who knows? And and in this clickbait world, like you just said, like, who knows? People are just putting anything out nowadays. We could have made that up, you know, but. But hold on. Just like Sam Amick, Howard Beck is a Mm well-respected sports journalist. And illustrated your report. Yeah. 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 And when he put that out there, I remember the quote. I remember it was very loose the way he put it out there, but then people ran with it and it, and, and it started to grow, you know, it went from like just, you know, arms and a neck. And then now it had a torso and now it had legs and now it had feet and now it's running down (laughs) main street. What is this guy talking about? So I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's true. I'm just saying that's what happens. And then it becomes now this big thing. And people are like, where did it come from? Like, who is feed? Like Billy said, like, even if it is just hearsay, who's feeding that hearsay? Who's yeah. creating that narrative? Because when have you ever heard something like that before? That's my point. Whether well, it's true well, or that, not, that, that, have you ever heard something like that? Well, we, we kind of hear things like that from time to time because people can remain quote unquote anonymous. So when you hear this anonymous exec believes this or believes that, it's like, well, I mean, if I don't, yeah, I mean, there's, there's really no way we're ever going to know. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying, when have you ever heard uh, someone say that the organization is not allowed to trade picks? Like, that's really weird. It's like, let's just say Jeannie is telling Rob, whatever you do, don't trade the picks. And Rob might say, well, okay, why? And, well, she, does and- it, she does it like, uh, like in the Wolf of Wall Street, when Leo, Leo DiCaprio, <clears throat> Puts the note in front of a uh, homeboy Jonah Hill and was like, "I'm wearing a wire." Like, so when Rob, <laughs> it's like the same thing, you know, like don't trade these picks. So if we don't do anything this year and Rob gets let go, he's gonna come out with a book saying why that didn't happen. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, why he couldn't I mean, trade the picks. I mean, damn, man, <laughs> like, it's it's it's. I mean, are we just never gonna trade picks again or make a trade again because you know we're we're so scorned that Russell Westbrook didn't equate to an immediate championship that we can't ever make a trade again it's never been about russ it's always been about the contract the money is the thing that's hindering yeah well uh, it's a little bit about fit it's it's not that well, he's a bad player it's yeah, just that no, he doesn't a, he doesn't he's not elite defensively but, he's not a wing right he doesn't now, shoot the three so it's he, not it's not totally you're right but i'm just saying there's not it's not a hundred percent 47 million dollars for a six man like that's well, the- it's like a manufactured six man though. Wasn't wasn't supposed to be this way. Well, yeah. but I, I think I think what Billy's saying is it's it's not just the, it's not really the monetary value. It's it's what that equates to. Forty seven million dollars 
equating to one guy that you have to bring off the bench that doesn't defend at a high level and doesn't shoot the three versus that money could go towards two or three players that could equate to more, you know, more, ad, more advantageous spots. All right, great. This is a perfect segue. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. All right. Let's yes. Yes, we are. We're going to jump into, I know what Kobe's been uh, salivating for all <laughs> week. So we talked about, you know, the recent play from the Lakers, obviously. And despite, you know, all the injuries, the Lakers are still in the hunt in a wide open Western conference. So does the front office owe it to the fans to make a move to improve this roster right now for this season and make a run at it? Billy floor is yours. The front office owed it to the fans and to the organization before the season even started to sign players so we wouldn't have to worry about making trades and all this other stuff. All this stuff should have been done in the offseason. Preach. Preach. Rob, at the beginning of the year, said basically him and Ham sat in front of the media and said exactly what we needed, exactly what we needed to do, and that has not happened. They just signed guys basically, in my opinion – who were available, who were willing to come here and said, Darwin, try to make this work. And what's happened? It's not working. Um, we have some guys that are that can come out and do things in spurts. There's no consistency. Um, we have guys that are willing to play hard, but we don't have three-point shooters, We and we don't have uh, wing defenders. All our guys are what? Six four, six five, six six, and what? Maybe a couple of centers, and that's it. So we don't have guys to play the wing. So it's like, what were you thinking when you made this roster? You you looked at the, you looked at the roster and said, oh yeah, this should work. Here you go, Darvin. It's kind of worrisome that if we're if this is what we're gonna roll with this year, I, I don't understand it. Anthony, care to go? Um. Yeah, I'll just say a little bit. I mean, I I think that uh, it, I know everybody wants to make it about LeBron, but it's not it's not about LeBron. It's it's about putting a product out there that you know is going to have a legitimate chance to win. And it just so happens that you have a guy like LeBron and Anthony Davis that are two of the ten best players on the roster right now in a Western Conference that's wide open. So before the season started, Billy's right. You. There could have been some other moves made in free agency, maybe to bring in some players that fit the need a little bit. They didn't address the shooting when they signed free agents um, in the off season. And, and Rob talked about, you know, trying to put, you know, the, the most competitive team around LeBron and try to win and, and, you know, those type of things. And, um, all, all that's fine and dandy, but he, he, there were opportunities to improve the roster, and for whatever reason, we didn't do it. Now, the the scary thing is, in the off season before before everything started, you know, maybe you could have traded Russ and gotten Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, you know, whatever. You could have gotten some combination for one or two of those picks, maybe some salary, but the Lakers didn't want to do it. Now, maybe they didn't want to do it because they felt like the team wasn't good enough to win. So they were hesitant because they figured, 
we bring these guys in, we're still not going to be good enough to win. So why do it? Yeah. And now you look, now you look around and you know that there's a legitimate chance to win. Right. Yeah. But now it might be a little bit harder because buddy heels playing great, right? He leads the league and made three point field goals. Yeah. Miles Turner's having a very good season searching for a contract extension. So, you know, he's playing pretty well. So now you can make the argument that when you get close to the deadline, is it going to be easier or is it going to be harder to get some of these guys that you could have got for what you thought was a lot may actually end up being less before the season started because some of these guys are playing, you know, better than what they might actually be worth. But let me ask you guys a, a question before Kobe dives in here. Does anybody in the Western Conference scare you? Like, is there any team that you look at the Lakers and think if we're fully healthy and could add a little bit of shooting that we couldn't beat in a seven-game series? I honestly think the Western Conference is wide open. Mm, I still think that the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Nuggets are still scary. But I'm saying, but Kobe, let's say the Warriors are at full strength, we're at full strength, and we and we add two legitimate you know, three and D type shooters. You don't think we could, we could have a chance to beat anybody in the West in a seven game series. Maybe. I mean, if you honestly, I mean, I'm serious. No, I'm not poking fun. I'm saying if you honestly, if you, if you could tell me honestly, no, I think even if we improve this, even if we made some moves to improve the roster, I still don't think we could beat blank, blank, blank in a seven game series. I would disagree with you, but fine. If you honestly feel that way, but that's my point. That's the point I'm trying to make is, I think this team is good enough and competitive enough that it could be anybody in a seven game series. If management would just make a couple moves to improve the roster a little bit, because I think this Western conference is so wide open. It's more wide open than probably anybody thought it was going to be two months ago. So now it's like, now you kind of, don't you kind of owe it to the fans to do something? Because now you look around and go, wait, we could actually win this. And maybe we didn't think we could win it before, so we didn't want to make those moves. But now we actually have a legit shot here because since we started 2-10, and 10, the Lakers are 17-12. and 12. That's with still no shooting, AD being out, LeBron being out, Walker being out, this guy being out, that guy being out. And they're playing good basketball. So isn't that, isn't that what the front office is supposed to do? Do what they can to put this team in a position to win? Okay, so am I good? Am I good to go? My I got the runway clear. Do it. All right. Yep. yep. If I you got three minutes, gentlemen. If I can, <laughs> I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna put you guys up on game here. So please, just let me let me speak my piece. Is that cool? Yeah. Go ahead. You're not gonna have like sound effects, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, just, I, gotta, I, I like your I like your little owe it to the fans little bit there though, but. Look, uh, th- this is what really bothers me about uh, some of the fans and certain members of the media that are damn near begging for the front office to, quote unquote, make a move this season to improve the roster. Right, Anthony? That was the topic tonight. So I just want to go on record and say that I'm not saying I disagree with making a trade to help improve the team. I'm not. What I, what I disagree with is the narrative that this front office has literally done nothing for two years in a row to help surround LeBron and AD with pieces that can help them win. That's what I disagree with. 
So here we go. I'm going to take you guys back in time. Oh. Like Black Street. Okay, hang on one second. No, no, no. no hang no, on one second. No, no, before no, you, no, no, before, no, no, hold on. Hold on. No, no. I just want to say I agree, I agree with I, you. I'm going to hang up if I don't get to go. Let's take oh, it back goodness. to last season. We're going to take it back to last season in the summer before the season started. And it's very important for context to say before the season started because no one really knows definitively 100% how players are going to ultimately fit or pan out. And the front office is making decisions on the information and the stats that they have available to them. So with that being said, they go out and they grab a Hall of Famer in Russell Westbrook, a triple-double monster, average 22-11-11 the year before for the Wizards. Big splash. Everyone goes nuts. The Matter of Stats podcast holds an emergency pod that same afternoon. We all love it. We're all excited for the move. Sportsbettingdying.com moved them up to a plus 420 from a plus 600 to win the NBA championship. Second in the entire league. For context, the eventual champs, the Golden State Warriors, were a plus 1300. So Lakers are already highly favored to win the championship. And that was before they even went out and started filling out the roster. So now it's time to go out and get shooters, right? Surround LeBron and the big three with shooters. So they go out and they get Malik Monk on a minimum deal. You take a flyer on Carmelo Anthony, who's willing to accept a new role off the bench. Both guys who shot 40% from three the season before with their respective teams. You grab Wayne Ellington, 42% with Detroit the season before. You add Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard, who were key defensive pieces of your 2020 championship team. Bradley even goes on to shoot 39% from three for us last season. Hell, you even go out and get Kent Bazemore, who shot a career high nearly 41% from three for the Warriors the season before joining the Lakers. So these are all the pieces the Lakers front office surrounds the big three with. And obviously we know what happens there, right? The fit with Russ doesn't go as expected. Magic Johnson says it could go down as the worst trade in Laker history. AD is hurt and only plays 40 games. He only shoots 19% from three in those 40 games. THT has an up and down season, only shoots 27% from three. Lakers fall apart, don't even make the playoffs. Everyone's on Vogel's head. They want him gone, saying that he didn't know how to use the players that he had. His rotation sucked. Other people are saying this team was too old to begin with with Carmelo and Ariza, DeAndre Jordan, etc. But remember, at the end of the day, Rob wanted Buddy Heald that offseason. LeBron wanted Russ. So now moving on to this season. This offseason is filled with drama. There's summer league awkwardness between Russ and LeBron. Will Russ be at training camp? Will he be at LeBron's mini camp? Will he be traded before the season starts? But to the front office... Business as usual. They bring in a brand new coach. Coach Darvin Ham, one full season, removed from being an NBA champion as an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. Then you go out and you trade THT, one of our worst three-point shooters for a gritty, pesky, vocal leader and proven defender in Patrick Beverly. Pat Bev also, might I add, instantly became the Lakers' best career three-point shooter overnight at 37%. Then you start adding some of those young legs that everyone complained about not having. You bring in Lonnie Walker on the mid-level exception. 
injury aside, we see how nice that's been for the Lakers this season. You bring in Dennis Schroeder, who wowed the league with his play over this past summer in Germany, saying that's the guy that deserved the bag right there. He fumbled it, you know, when he was with the Lakers, but that's the guy that deserves the bag now. You bring in Thomas Bryant on a vet minimum deal, an athletic big who can bang on the block and also stretch the floor. We've seen that pay dividends this season for the Lakers. You bring in a champion from just last season in JTA who's willing to scrap and hustle and play defense. You bring in all these guys that Rob said over and over at Media Day were guys that quote-unquote fit coach's style, right? Because you wanted guys that coach would be able to know how to use. A lot of this was talked about at Media Day with Rob and Darvin Ham. And at Media Day, Rob said this, quote, this is a guard-heavy league. We know that. And having multiple guards with multiple skills that can play different ways. I think Pat Bev can guard wings. We look at him who's a 3 and D wing. Dennis can make plays with the ball. Having multiple guards that can do multiple things, I think that dimensionalizes our backcourt. In regards to the shooting, he says this. In terms of shooting, that's a needed skill. Some of that can come from the outside by additional roster moves. But shooting growth can also come from within. And we do feel there are players on our team this year that you're going to see that growth. More on that in a second. And I know there's been a lot of scrutiny this season of what Rob had to say at Media Day back in September. What exactly does he say? He says this, quote, let me be abundantly clear. We have one of the great players in LeBron James to ever play the game. And he committed to us with a long-term contract, a three-year contract. So, of course, we will do everything we can, picks included, to make deals that give us a chance to help LeBron get to the end. He committed to our organization. That's got to be a bilateral commitment. And it's there. That's the quote that made all the rounds. But after that, he goes on to say, but let me also be clear, you have one shot to make a trade with multiple picks. And if you make that trade, it has to be the right one. You have one shot to do it. So we are being very thoughtful on when and how to use draft capital in a way that will improve our roster. And we are committed to doing everything that we can to put the best team around LeBron as long as it's a smart trade. And so here we are, sitting 41 games in, almost 500. Two games, two losses out of the six seed, like you just said, Anthony, with some pretty decent stats as a team, as some may have seen. I posted these stats a few days ago on my Twitter account at MOSMamba714. Shameless plug. Just throwing that out there. Through 40 games this Lakers season. I'm doing 40 because that's when my tweet was posted. Through 40 games, this Lakers team is shooting 48.7% from the field, 34.2% from three, and 79.6% from the free throw line, which is equal or better than Darvin Ham's championship Bucks two years ago. With the exception of three-point shooting, the Bucks averaged 38.9%. So when you look at this current roster through 40 games, the only players shooting under 30% and bringing our three-point shooting percentage down are your big three, LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook, and JTA. But you got Lonnie shooting 38%. Austin Reeves, 36%. Dennis Schroeder, 41%. Thomas Bryant, 47%. Max Christie, 42%. 
Wenyan Gabriel, 39%, Pat Bev, 34%. So you have guys that have shown they are capable of hitting threes and have shown that growth from within, just like Rob said at media day. So if we're going to sit here and say that this front office has failed for two seasons in a row to construct a team around LeBron and the big three that can make shots and give the Lakers a chance to win, I'm not buying it. Maybe this team, the big three especially, needs to figure out how to implement the shooters that the front office has put around them and stop taking so many threes like Billy and I have been saying all along. I'm taking my bow. So, first of all, I want to say one of your finer moments on this pod. Very, very well thought out. Very articulate. Appreciate it. I like, uh, I like, uh, I like the points you made. And, and I don't disagree with any of it. I don't think that we have made a big push about the front office hasn't done anything in two years. I think last year was just a disaster. It didn't work. But we went for it last year, right? At least they made moves. They tried, like you said. They went out and they made the trade for Russ, the big splashy move. They brought in a bunch of big-name guys that they thought were going to work, right? Older, experienced guys. Uh, I didn't agree with all the moves. I never liked Bays more. You don't even get me started on Avery Bradley because you know <laughs> you know my you know everything I said about Avery Bradley last year, um, and it just didn't work, right? Um, so I don't think anyone's sitting here saying the front office has not done anything to help improve this team in two years. Last year we made a bunch of moves and they just didn't work. Well, right. I, don't know, I don't know about that because that's all we're hearing on social media, that 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 this front office is incompetent. They don't know how to do their jobs. They've put done nothing the past two seasons. So that, I think, is what I personally disagree with. That's what I'm well, saying. I, well, I, but I don't disagree that we can make a move at the trade deadline, like you said, Anthony, about potentially bringing a guy in a la Derek mm-hmm. White, like the Celtics did last season, and maybe help us get to the, the finals. You know, yeah. I don't disagree with well, that. Hang on. I'm just saying – I don't know like the heat that the front office has been taking as if there's some noobs, you know, in, in, in a $6 billion franchise. That's, that's all I'm saying. No, but, but before I'll let you speak, Bill, I promise, but I just want to make this quick point. When I talk about the front office and the struggles, my whole thing, and I think Billy will agree is I just feel like we could have a more sound front office, more experienced, basketball minds in the front office because again it's not just about making trades and making bad trades right you made the trade for us it didn't work okay so now maybe they're hesitant to make another big trade because they don't want to screw it up again fine but like what billy talked about <clears throat> additions in the off season yeah lonnie walker turned out to be a pleasant surprise but lonnie walker was risky because he's not a great career three-point shooter he's not a high volume three-point shooter there were guys that you could have gotten that were better legitimate three-point shooters that were actual wings that might've been a little better fit, might've made a little more sense, but it's not just that, right? It's the Lakers. I think I, I don't have the stat in front of me. I apologize, but I think over the last two seasons, the Lakers have let three trade exemptions lapse. Yeah. Like that. Those are, those are moves that could be made. Like those are assets and they just, let them lapse, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. like it's like letting a gift card expire and you don't use it. It's not just 
that the front office is incompetent and they make and they haven't done anything and they haven't made trades and why didn't they go get Kyrie Irving and why didn't they trade for Kevin Durant? We're not saying that. At least I don't. I'm not saying that. I I can't speak for everybody in the media, but I'm saying what the point that I make about the front office is. I just think that if we had more experienced basketball minds in there that were a little bit more savvy and had maybe been doing this for more than a couple of seasons might be able to take advantage of those assets. Even like Dennis Schroeder, like you said, Dennis Schroeder was the guy that could have had the bag, right? And he didn't, and he didn't get the bag. The Lakers could have traded Dennis Schroeder when he, when, when we didn't resign him, when he didn't take the extension before we traded for Russ, they could have done a sign and trade with Dennis Schroeder, or they could have traded him before the deadline, but they didn't. And they just let Dennis Schroeder walk for nothing. Again, it's not like Dennis Schroeder's a star, but you let a, you let an asset again lapse and walk away for nothing and, that maybe could have gotten something out of it. And maybe that is the case, but that is not what the the overall perception is right now of this front office. This it's all about roster construction right now at this given moment. And I just laid out for you that we have nothing but shooters around us. The problem is though, is that like me and Billy have been saying for the past couple weeks now, maybe LeBron Russ, these guys are taking way too many threes and the guys that are actually making them Lonnie, a pleasant surprise at 38% Austin Reed, 36% Schroeder, 41% are not getting enough attempts and enough shots up so yeah. that's an internal problem that not only does the big three have to figure out but the coaching staff has to figure out too but but i think that's just it you talked about the big three and, what, and that has what, nothing to do and, with the, and the biggest problem figure that out internally no but the biggest but the biggest problem with that is russ russ is and never has been a three-point shooter and that is where this team right is but, but, still but they've already put him struggling russ- they put him on the bench. They've limited his minutes now because of that. And now the next move is, okay, LeBron and Russ, now that we've done made that move, how can we get you guys off of that perimeter line and start feeding the ball to guys like Schroeder, to Thomas Bryant, to, to Christy, so that we can maximize those guys at the three-point line? But you don't think if they, could, if they could find a way to trade Russ for some wings that could shoot and stretch the floor, it wouldn't benefit everybody, including I, I, the guys I, I, that are I – think, I think in that move, I think what, what is trying to happen there is that, that LeBron still wants to put up his, his you know, 10 threes a game. And what we're trying to do is, is sign guys that put up so much volume that they make up for the deficiencies of LeBron and AD and the guys that aren't shooting well. So if we're, if we're trying to find guys that are going to put up a million threes, you know, in a season like Buddy Heald, uh, Miles Turner, if we're trying to put you know, get these, these wings that can shoot the three just to make up for the deficiency of other guys, that might be a whole nother uh, conversation. Well, what I don't think it's like, just... let's, let's, let's back up, let's back off of the amount of threes we're shooting and let some of the guys that have shown you halfway through this season can hit the three and let them start shooting some threes. Well, I agree. We, we all agree. LeBron should take less threes, but I don't think it's totally that the one thing you said in your dissertation, which I really enjoyed, by the way, um, was something Rob said about the guards and how he felt it was going to be advantageous to have all those small guards. I know he said that, but just my opinion, I completely disagree with that. I think that the wrong approach. And you're right. And you're right. That may be another conversation where, hey, maybe he made the wrong call on that. But at the end of the day, these guards that they signed this year, they're shooting lights out. There's no one shooting less than 30% except for LeBron, 
AD, Russ, and JTA. So you can't tell me that those other guys did not hit and that this 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 um, scouting department and that this front office did not put shooters around them because they've proven it already halfway through the season. That's all I'm yeah. saying. So you, you may be correct. Maybe, maybe that wasn't the right approach, but hey, they actually hit on it. So <laughs> what, what yeah, well, the, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day too. But anyways, okay, Billy, sorry, let, I want to let you speak. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, I, I lost my chance. <laughs> there you have NFL, it. Thanks, man. Billy. Let's, let's wrap it up with that. Let's go to NFL. Thanks for your, thanks for your comments, Billy. <laughs> um, I mean, I pretty much agree with you as far as, like, the front office. It's not like we're bashing them or anything. It's just the inexperience where they went from one extreme to where, okay, we need all this to support LeBron. And then this year we went to the other extreme where we went – last year – we went veterans and guys that can shoot. And for some odd reason, like Kobe said, they, they didn't pan out. And then this year we said, Oh, we need to be younger and more athletic and blah, blah, blah. So we went younger, but at the same time, we didn't address the needs at certain positions. So you got a bunch of guards, right. And you got a bunch of undersized guys that are trying to play the three and, and you're playing four or five guard lineups. And it's just, that's where the inexperience comes in to where you gotta you gotta kinda like have a balance, right? You you gotta find your three your three and D. You can't just go from one extreme to the other. And that's you know what we're saying is we're not saying we're bashing the front office, but it, it, it's the inexperience of the front office. And I've said for the last couple of years, don't bring in people that are familiar, don't bring in your friends, don't bring in uh someone who's related and all this stuff. Bring in experience. Let them come in and, and do their thing. And um, that's where I think the leadership is kind of at a fault. You know, I hate to see it go another year like this, but unfortunately it, it might. And I don't know. It, it's it's baffling and it's it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, you're, you're both making excellent points. And I, I, I don't think any of us – you know, are, are, are wrong in any of these takes because it's, 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 it's hitting on all of the key points here. And I think, like you said, learning from the mistakes, I don't think anybody in the front office thought, okay, maybe second year with Russ is going to suddenly work out better than the first year. I, I don't think they are naive to think that. I think they just thought we know the cost of doing business to trade him. And maybe they felt like, is too risky at the start of the season to trade him without knowing what they know now yeah. and, and putting themselves in a, in a worse situation. So maybe, you know, maybe we got a month to the trade deadline. So, so we'll see, maybe they'll do something that will, you know, just, you know, help us enough to, to give us a little bit more of an edge uh, down the stretch. So. All right, so before we go, let's uh, let's have a little fun and kick off, you know, NFL playoff season with our first round of predictions. Fun, 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 fun. You know, Kobe <laughs> so famously last year changed his predictions from yeah. week to week, but don't lock me in. Man. Only don't Kobe and only Kobe and Kendrick Perkins get to do that. Well, first of all, hold on. I had the Bengals in like every single round up until like. I don't know. I had the Bengals a lot though last postseason. And you guys were like clowning me every single time, and then they made it to the. They made it to the Super Bowl, and then yeah. you guys were quiet. All well, of a now, we're, now we're doing round by round, so you can't I'm not, change your <laughs> – I'm about to go back and listen to those episodes because I, 
I'm pretty sure I had the Bengals all the way through. Uh, no, but know, it was like the Niners or something. No. Like you, 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 tra- you changed your mind from one week to the next. I was, I was rocking with my boy Frosty. You know, shout out Frosty Rucker, our, our, our resident <laughs> NFL analyst. But I was rocking with Frosty, so I had the Bengals pretty much the whole way through. And uh, yeah, but I lost it. The- oh, that's what it was. I lost in the Super Bowl because I took the Bengals and uh, yeah, you know, I lost the right. And we so. had. Yeah, they lost the rest. Uh, okay, all right. So let's get started with, uh, you know, round one, the wild card uh, game start uh, this weekend. So let's start in the AFC. The uh, Jaguars host the Chargers. Kobe, go for it. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't do too much NFL, so I'm just going off of, uh, you know, superstition and, uh, you know, who I know. And uh, my brother, I know that guy, you know, so he uh, – He's a Jags, big time Jags fan. So got to ride with the Jags, you know, Trevor Lawrence uh, seems to be having a breakout year. And, um, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think the Chargers are, are stopping Trevor Lawrence. So I'm going with the, uh, the Jags. I'm going with the, our, uh, with our music producer, double A as well. Uh, okay. I'm going to take the Jags. Um, they're hot right now. Uh, San Diego played some guys. They probably shouldn't have too late last week in the game, and uh, they got some injuries, and they're kind of iffy. So, uh, Jacksonville's the hot team. So, I'm uh, I'm gonna take the upset. I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. Did we say San Diego? Uh, no, Billy said San Diego, but yeah, he obviously meant the the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Uh, Billy's right though because they did have the the injury to Mike Williams and we'll see how that plays out because that obviously is a big injury for the Chargers but I also like the Jags at home like Billy said they are hot right now and uh, I like them at home Uh, okay let's move on to the Bengals and Ravens this is in Cincinnati I got Cincy I have no no I do not need to explain that, Cincy. Is Lamar Jackson playing? He's if he hasn't uh, in a month. He's su- um, yeah, he's, he's supposed to play, but yeah, he hasn't played in a, in a minute, so he could be rusty he even if he's out there. Month, so yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like Joe Burrow and the uh, you know and the Bengals too. You know, obviously they were my my squad last season while I was riding through this with you guys, but. You know, I know Lamar Jackson's a beast and uh, can make some things happen, and I could see that being a sleeper. So, uh, but I, I guess I'll go with the Bengals. So, Bengals it is. Bengals, Bengals going to take care of business. Right. Uh, okay, the uh, final AFC matchup is the uh, Dolphins visiting the Buffalo Bills. Bills is Tua playing? I don't know. Yeah, we don't know yet. <laughs> Why do I have all these questions? Why am I the one with the questions? <laughs> Billy's right, though. It don't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're probably right. All right. So I'll go I'll go with the Bills. Josh Allen and the Bills, too. Yeah. So obviously, I didn't mention this, but Kansas City um, is the one seed they have to buy this week, in case you were curious. That's why they don't play. Shout out to Mar Hamlin, though. Let's go, Bills. Yep. Okay. So now we'll move to the NFC. Uh, Eagles are the one seed they have the buy. Uh, let's start with the. Oh, oh, and I thought you started with your team. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, I'm sorry that my team, the only one still playing, yeah. uh, the Cowboys oh, visiting Tampa Bay. Oh well, you already know that's my B team, Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, so I got the Panthers, my A team. I got the Bucks B team, Tom Brady the goat. Uh, yeah, so we're going with uh, Tampa Bay for me. 
Okay. I'm going to say this. I think Dallas should win this game. But the way they've been playing lately, it's just not – I don't know. I mean, I've seen a stat where uh, Dallas has won four, lost two, and and there's like a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. And supposedly they're in the pattern where they should make it to the Super Bowl win. But I just – I don't know. They just lost to the commanders and, you know, Dak's throwing picks. And I I just – I don't trust Dallas. Um, Tampa has been playing good the last three or four games, so I'm going to go with Tampa. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what pattern you're looking at because when the hell the Cowboys been to the Super Bowl? <laughs> no, I just saw a pattern. 1996. Where someone said they win, they, win two, they win four, they lose two, they win four, they lose two, something like that. It was just some kind oh, of – so you're, so, so you're saying the algorithm will get them to the Super Bowl? <laughs> some kind of algorithm. That's what they're saying, but I'm not I'm going with it, obviously, but um, yeah. – uh, yeah, I, I I like everything you guys are saying about this game. I don't trust the Cowboys at all because they're the Cowboys. Um, Tampa Bay should win this game. I am a little concerned, though, that maybe, just maybe, this is the end of the line for Tom Brady. Like, oh. maybe this is where the magic runs out just because, we you know, know, he's had a really up-and-down season. He's, he's, he's older now. He's, you know, he, physically he's not the same. You know, he's had a rough year on and off the field. His team hasn't been great. They've had issues running the football. They've had, you know, issues you know, with guys being in and out of the lineup. So I, I kind of just have this weird feeling that Dallas is going to upset him. Yeah, I mean, Even though I don't trust Dallas as far as I could throw him, I just yeah. have this weird feeling that Tampa Bay just might not have enough gas left in the tank. It's minimal. <clears throat> But it's little by little they're playing better and better, and I think I think they're gonna pull it out. It's not gonna yeah. it's not gonna be a blowout. It's gonna be a damn close game. But I think I think Tampa's gonna pull it out. Yeah, no, you're right. If it if it gets into a shootout, they're, they're not gonna outscore the Cowboys. But if it gets to be if it's kind of an ugly game and they can slow it down, that's their best chance. Yep. So maybe I'm just secretly rooting for Dallas because I want to beat them, but. Anyways, uh, okay, let's move along. Uh, the Giants visit the Vikings. That's tough for me. That's probably one of the toughest matchups in the first round. Um, it's Objectively toss- or because you're thinking with your no, personal? It's, it, it's a toss-up for me because you got Kirk Cousins on that side that hasn't won like the big games they haven't really gotten over the hump, right? And all that Not stuff. Not in the postseason, right? And they haven't gone over the hump exactly. Um, New York is riding that like we got nine and eight record. <laughs> they're, they're, huh? Nine and eight record. <laughs> they're riding that nine like, and eight record. Yeah, but isn't, the, isn't Minnesota like fourteen and three or fourteen and four or something? Yes, yes. Jesus. Starters last week, so Vikings. I'm going with Vikings. Okay, I'm going with Vikings. Uh, okay. Billy, where are they play? <laughs> it's they're in playing. Minnesota. They're playing in Minnesota. <laughs> well, I just, I wish I, I could remember when they're playing because I know Kirk Cousins' prime time is not good. Um, it's a toss-up for me, but I'm leaning towards New York. Wow. Okay, I'm with Kobe. I don't think it's that hard. Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you guys both owe me a 12 pack. <laughs> In a matter of stats coming your way. Uh, okay, final, uh, final NFC matchup. <laughs> final NFC matchup. Seahawks at Niners. Niners. No reason. Niners. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my boy uh, CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Another nine and one, I think, in the last ten games, and uh, been playing good when uh, ever since the trade has happened. So I'm gonna go uh, Niners. Um, yeah, I know obviously Saddle's coming in with momentum and they're excited and, you know, Geno Smith's had a surprisingly good season. Um, I, I do wonder, you know, Purdy, it, it, this is obviously, you know, the biggest game he's ever played, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how he performs in a, in a must win playoff game. Uh, but I still like the Niners at home defensively. Uh, offensively they can control tempo pretty doesn't have to be great for them to win he just can't turn the ball over because you know he can throw little dinks and dumps to McCaffrey who gets nine yards every freaking time he touches the ball so yeah I mean you're good yeah so I I, like I said there's just that slight risk factor of of Purdy you know in that role but I still think that they've got enough weapons to beat uh, Seattle so that's uh that's our picks and, and it's and it's cool because that that uh Dallas Tampa Bay game I think that's the Monday night game right yes so that should be that should be pretty fun all right well before you, end, before, uh, before you say that I start changing my picks can you please like keep score can you listen back to the pod and like take a tally so that we know like who was, sure was right I was, I, was, I was about to say what you're gonna change already <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just saying like I, I want to make sure that like we have that up on like you know the the chalkboard or whatever. Well, I mean we were all in agreement on everything except for two games, right? All you right. guys, you guys both have Tampa, yeah, and then the, uh, and then Billy has the Giants, <laughs> but we're in agreement on all the rest. Yeah, sure. Well, it's not rocket. Just, just tally it up because we're not going to remember next week. No, no, I know, I know. Yes, that. and I'll have to. Yes, I know. When you when you change a, a pick in a couple rounds, I'll have to remember what the original one was. But yeah. I got it. There's outside factors that are going to affect my memory. There's snow. Outside <laughs> factors. There's wind and debris. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, that will do it for this week's episode. As always, we thank you guys for listening. Uh, please remember to check out the Matter of Stats podcast anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, check us out on the IG. Follow us on Twitter. Check out our YouTube page. And we will be right back at you again next week. Peace.